Local Edge, powered by Ad Canada Media. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to Local Edge, your show for better understanding and connecting with small communities all across the country. Here, we explore the value of these markets to advertisers, agencies, communities, and much more. We also bring you the latest news, insights, and trends from the world of local advertising and marketing. I'm your host, Shauna Randolph. And in this show, we'll be talking to community connectors, media buyers, business leaders, all to find out what makes small communities so important to the advertising industry. We'll dive into the challenges and successes of local campaigns and hear from clients about how they strategize to grow their businesses. We'll also bring you important data and stats showcasing the unique opportunities and growth potential for you to engage with these communities. And we'll take a closer look at the local headlines, bringing you the stories and perspectives from the front lines. So, whether you're an advertiser, agency, community member, or someone who's just interested in the world of local advertising, join us right here on Local Edge. That's your closer look at the power of small communities in Canada. Scott Stewart is the general manager of The Glass Room in Toronto, and he's spent his career working in senior strategy and executive roles at some of the world's largest global media companies and also at various top Canadian independent agencies. Joins us today on Local Edge. Hi there, Scott. Hey, how are you today? We're really good. Uh, hey, Scott, let's start with talking about Glass Room. What's that all about? Yeah. Um, what's there to say? Um, opened our doors. I think we're now... Five years in, I think we celebrated our fifth year anniversary last year. Um, we set out on a mission to kind of offer the industry, you know, a different perspective, a different take on the media business. Um, we're one of Canada's, if not Canada's largest media, independent media agency. Um, we handle, you know, a couple hundred million dollars of our clients' money with a bit different approach. Um, we call our approach to the market radical transparency. Um, that's really based on, you know, deep collaboration with our clients and um, connecting our, our teams with our client teams and, and helping them um, build what we call owning their media future um, through owning their customer data, um, through more transparency into how we operate and more transparency in terms of how we collaborate and solve their business challenges for them. Okay, let's talk a little bit now about you. You've been in the business two decades. How did you first get started in this business, Scott? Uh, I was very fortunate to be in the right place at the right time. Um, I started at a now defunct company called Vickers and Benson, which was a Canadian powerhouse many years ago that through acquisition has changed names a bunch of times and is now one of our competitors in the market. Um, but I was just very fortunate enough to come out of um, the University of Toronto after um, a year off as a ski bum out in British Columbia. and. Um, Someone mentioned, oh, you were good with numbers in university and sent me into an interview uh, that I didn't know very much about um, other than it was a very large ad agency that was very famous. And, um, you know, through my connection with uh, the interviewer, they gave me a shot and I, uh, I quickly quit my waitering job at the keg and uh, got myself a couple of dress shirts and um, dove head first into what is now known as the Canadian media industry without really any foresight, uh, any background, and um, just kind of um, 
built the plane as we as we kind of flew it, so to speak. So yeah, and as I mentioned, you worked your way up, like leading some huge companies, and you've made the the jump into some large roles in in big companies, as we mentioned, and then and then did that transition into some smaller independent agencies. Is that as much of a big league as we may think? Uh, it's very very different. Um, you. As a as a leader in an independent company that's a lot more entrepreneurial, um, your role tends to be a lot more different than a very large company where the role is a lot more structured. Um, I, I've gone back and forth. I, I, I joke around. I think it's because I'm a Gemini and I just can't decide. But um, it's uh, I there is benefits to both working in a very large holding company as well as a large media independent. Um, where where I am now is largely through. Um, choosing to work with a handful of people that I had met along the way and had some very dynamic conversations with um, and shared similar um, business uh, ethics and uh, market approach and um, just wanted to work with and partner with and, uh, you know, be part of the success of this company. And I think, um, you know, I was at a point in my career where it really mattered who I worked with. Um, Culture is everything. And, um, you know, through our discussions with a host of uh, the partners at the firm um, just felt that I'd be missing a great opportunity to um, not only consider, I guess, continue to further my career, but also be part of something special. And uh, I've been here for about two and a half years now. And um, the the joy that uh, the job brings me is immense. And uh, it's, you know, one of the favorite things I've been able to do in my career. So I guess when you wake up that way every day, you have good days and bad days. But if you wake up every day, um, just loving the you know what out of what you do it's not a job it uh it's more of a passion so i was just going to say that i hear the passion in in what you're saying okay scott i'm going to tap into your expertise here now for a minute yeah, absolutely okay how difficult is it to make those bigger players realize the importance of the smaller canadian markets um very difficult i think there's there were some shifts in the in the way that um you know we bought media um a lot of those shifts we started to see um as media costs increased over the past decade, um, we started to see markets be removed from the overall mix. And um, today we take a very, you know, for national advertisers, many take a very national approach. I had a conversation earlier this morning with uh, with a client about the importance of the secondary uh, tertiary and even rural markets that um, simply aren't being adequately serviced through a national buying approach. And um really to kind of dig down a bit deeper in terms of you know looking at where their sales truly are coming from and also identify markets outside of toronto vancouver and montreal um you know where there could be greater opportunities to invest locally what types of trends are you now seeing across the country outside of the major markets outside of the major markets um a big comeback and revitalization of out of home um in terms of looking at uh, taking more national versus selective or spot market approach i think out of home um, has really scaled uh, not just through the innovation of being able to buy it programmatically um, but in terms of um, many companies investing substantially uh, in those secondary and tertiary markets and bringing products like digital out of home um, to those markets obviously you know making it very applicable um, I've also seen uh, a bit of a resurgence in the use of local radio outside of the, the top five markets. And as a result, um, you know, bringing 
that level of interest has also, I think, helped local news. Uh, in particular, a lot of the community newspaper networks that make it a lot easier for large advertising companies, large media companies like us to, you know, cover a vast footprint, uh, but also, you know, bring a bit more efficiency, not just from a rate structure perspective, but in terms of operations as well. So what then do you say to those that may be a little apprehensive about um, really diving into the, the local communities for their advertising? Um I would say that approximately 18% of the population of Canada um, lives in rural communities and you are missing out on one out of five potential consumers at a national level. That's really surprising to a lot of people, I think, especially those that are in the larger markets that are maybe in their own bubble. Absolutely. So. Uh, Scott, I wish we had so much more time to tap into you, but anybody watching, how can they be in contact with you if they have any other questions? Um, they can contact us um, through our Glassroom uh, website, www.glassroom.ca, uh, or reach out to me directly on LinkedIn. I think I'm I'm one of those few people left to try to call everybody back and respond to every email or instant message. So um, again, I think it's uh, you know some of the best relationships I've created. I've started with you know a blind reach out and. Um, so yeah, definitely get in contact with me if you have any questions or comments. Yes, it's very good to be easily reached. Thank you very much for your time today, Scott. No problem at all. We'll see you soon. That Take is care. Scott Stewart. He is the general manager of The Glassroom. Canadians can sniff out a bargain when it comes to cleanliness. Detergents and other soaps amounted to a tidy average of $147 per household on a yearly basis. For targeted data like this and to get a better understanding of connecting with local markets, please visit adcanadamedia.ca. Sarah Thompson joins us from Dentsu Media, and we're thrilled to have her back. She's a regular contributor. Hi there, Sarah. Hi, how are you doing? Really good, really good. As I said, very pleased to have you back here. Kate, Sarah, we're talking today about local media trends. Big topic these days is Bill C-18, and this really troubles you, doesn't it? Bill C-18 troubles me in a few different ways. One is just how the, brand, the, the bill is currently being framed. Um, there are some issues that I have with the way that the bill is set up. I also have some issues with platforms such as Meta threatening to remove news should the bill actually pass. I don't think that's proceeding in good faith um, that any platform would decide they can remove news at a whim. And the reason for that is because if you think about the history of both Google and Meta, they actually built their audience, their reach, their engagement off of news and content creator by publishers in Canada and around the world. So it's important that while maybe today it's not critical to their business model, it is of vital importance to those publications and it is also of vital importance for our society and our democracy. And my biggest concern, of course, is that if you start removing news and platforms can determine what news gets removed, then it leaves a misinformation channel open for all of Canada who might not be as close to this issue where we can have a plethora of that appearing on those platforms, which to me is incredibly concerning, not just as an advertiser because it doesn't keep us brand safe, but also just for society at large of where are you getting your information? Majority of Canadians will say that they get it from both Google and Facebook. 
And there's a lot of trust within standard mainstream media outlets, isn't there, Sarah? There's a lot of trust, but also what goes with that is attention. Um, for a very long time in our industry, we've been chasing clicks, low cost, everything, which has led us to where we are today. But in advertising, you're looking for persuasion. You're trying to motivate somebody to do something. And that requires somebody's attention on an ad unit. And there's no other environments than local news, which is quality trusted environments by every Canadian that actually gets attention on your advertising. So it also comes down to a question of how much waste do we want to continue to have in our industry? And how do we know what is actually working to persuade people and attention is a is a hook to that. And in fact, we did a study on this comparing local news and global news. And it showed that Canadians spend more attention, has more impact, more brand outcomes when it is tied to Canadian local publishers and news outlets than it does with global news outlets. Let's talk now about audiences, because that's another area where we're seeing shifts right now all across the country, uh, change in, in our population as we have more newcomers coming to Canada. How does that play into everything? Well, with 1.5 million new Canadians coming to our country, predominantly from, from places like India, it's a question of also what is our local media ecosystem that actually serves them as audiences as well? And this is when you get into the multicultural side of our news industry in Canada and who is keeping those, those individuals connected to support both our democracy, but also understand what's going on in their community, civic engagement, all very important. Or are they going to come to Canada and just read news from back home and stay informed there? We would, I think we would all want people to be informed of what's going on and Canadian society around us now more than ever, especially when you consider wildfires, climate change. Um, we have pride going on right now. There are a lot of hot issues and topics that are going on in our country that people need to be informed of. And is our local news industry being supported enough to support them on their journey as they become citizens of our country? Right, because if I was to move to a smaller community, the first thing I would probably want to do is in my community, how do I have the support? Is there, is there a local resource? So there's a good opportunity for local media outlets to serve this new demographic. 100%, but there, there's too many news deserts in our country now. Either there's no radio station, no local newspaper, and or television station and then you're just looking at national news outlets and we we can be better and we can do more than just that and you you point to a really critical component of this which is how are we building back a more effective local media industry in canada and i look to a lot of the leaders and in independents that are actually supporting and building back publications like Village Media in Ontario, who's part, created the Local News Collective, um, IndieGraph. There's a bunch of new independent publishers that have appeared on the horizon in Canada that are building back in communities that didn't have media. But then I point back to Bill C-18. And if Bill C-18 actually passes, um, and then Facebook decides to pull news, those communities will no longer get the traffic that they need to continue to grow and foster because they are reliant on distribution on those platforms to reach their audiences until there's awareness and threshold. There's a much different thing if you've launched a new newspaper and 
Sault Ste. Marie than there is to say that you're the global male in Canada. Those have different levels of notoriety um, and recognition. So if you're trying to build an audience, you need Google and Facebook to be able to do so. And if they pull news, how are they going to do that? So with all this uncertainty, Sarah, what are you saying to your, your clients when they're thinking about where should I advertise? What should I be doing right now? Well, Bill C-18 is a really interesting one to, to focus on. But if you pull back the, the, the sort of lens of this and look at the bigger picture, I believe in the mandate and the media manifesto outlined by the Community Media Directors Council, which represents 98% of all the media investment in Canada. That's like $10 billion. And that manifesto specifies intentional investment back into local Canadian quality news outlets. If we do that, that means almost $300, $400 million, sorry, goes back into the Canadian media news ecosystem. That is a great place to start with intention. What communities do you want to serve and connect with? Where do you want to find customers? What is the local news outlet? How are they supporting you? Where are they on your blocking chart and your media plan? How many dollars are actually flowing there? Asking those questions of your media agency is of the utmost importance and getting it top of mind of how do you think of responsible advertising and responsible marketing in general? Sarah, I just really value your insight, your passion here today. Uh, we've run out of time. <laughs> Anyone with any questions, how can they reach you for, for more information? You can find me on LinkedIn, Sarah Thompson. I'm president of Dentsu. You can find me uh, at you know, on email, sarah.thompson at dentsu.com. Reach out anytime. I'm happy to talk about this anytime. Yes, definitely. Thank you very much, Sarah. Thank you. That's Sarah Thompson of Dentsu Media. Did you know people still use landline telephones? They do. In Alberta, on average, they spend $150 per household for a dedicated line. Well, in Ontario, that number is $270 per residence. For targeted data like this and to get a better understanding of connecting with local markets, please visit adcanadamedia.ca. Brent Fitzpatrick joins us now here on The Local Edge. He is the Executive Director of the Humboldt Chamber of Commerce. Very nice to have you here, Brent. Thanks for having me. Let's start about the sense of the business community right now in Humboldt. Can you paint the picture? How's it going? You know what? Uh, we're a, a community or a region that's in the middle of a shift. Um, traditionally, this has been an agricultural, manufacturing, and retail hub. Um, we're, we're one corner of the Iron Triangle, which includes St. Brew uh, over to Anglefeld and then Humboldt. And, and this comes from generational people who've come over and, you know, very hardworking people who set up large manufacturing entities. And so Borgo, Schultes, Mickels, Depkers, um, CIM, a lot of very substantive businesses here in the region that supply the world. Um, so it's it's really an, an interesting region. And then Potash came to town, um, you know, relatively recently, you know, a couple, three or four decades ago. And with the new mine that's coming up at uh, Janssen, uh, BHP's new $7 million Potash mine, that's going to literally change our landscape. They're anticipating about a little bit more than 2,000 people are going to be coming into the region, whether to work directly with the mine or in support of um, entities that will be working with the mine. So in a population of about 35,000 people, um, 2,000 is, is going to be substantive. 
it's going to bring challenges, but it also means our business community is looking forward to um, new ways to solve the problem. Okay, so let's talk then about the media industry now that services this 35,000 people in, in your area. That It's really changed over the last several years, hasn't it? For example, I understand there's no more local newspaper. No, that, that paper um, closed a year and a bit ago, um, and it's, it's unfortunate that that has closed. In our neighboring community just down the road, Allison has lost her paper as well in Wadena. So, you know, as far as print in this region, um, there's literally just the coffee news and, and that sort of stuff. And, and they do a great job. At, you know, they, they do exactly what they're supposed to do. But there's not that newspaper of record anymore in our region. That, that creates a problem. So then the next obvious question, how are people then getting their news these days in your area? Well, it's... It's it's an unfortunate reality that it's very difficult. There is um, um, there's websites out here that are kind of the local sites. Uh, there is a radio station here as well, but there's no newspaper of record. Um, and I'm going to just kind of sidestep a little bit, and I'm going to just talk about my wife's job. She's the director of cultural services for the city of Humboldt, including the museum. They have people coming in on a very regular basis, asking to see the historical records for the city of Humboldt or whichever community around it, which is reflected in the newspaper. And her question is is quite simple. Where are they going to look in 25 years for a birth announcement or uh, something like that coming up? I'm, you know, I don't know which social media platform is going to hang on to that stuff uh, for that length of time. It's just not going to happen. That's going to be a problem. That that record of a community is now gone. So what are you hearing from people in the community about this, though, about they're, where it might go? We're struggling. And we have a, you know, we have an assembly of nonprofit groups that get together and um, just talk about what we can do together, you know, projects that are coming up. And it, it's it's uncommon where we're not talking about how to get the message out. You can go through social media. Uh, whichever you know you you prefer, it's so fragmented. There's so much of the swiping going on that people just aren't focusing. Um, the radio station does a great job. Our our local reporter here is very in tune with the community, and and it's now becoming and stepping up to the information source for the area. But there's still that comment every single meeting. How do we get? How do we let people know about this stuff? Um, we have. You know, we have events coming up on reconciliation as we move through the summer and, and, and of course, um, into the fall. And the, the pivotal question is, how do we get that message out that we're doing this stuff? It, it's often we hear, I didn't know about this. Brent, what does the Chamber in Humboldt do to promote local business and local media? Because it looks like you do need a lot of of collaboration to work together to, to stay strong and provide these services to the citizens of Humboldt? It, it's actually a full court press. Um, you know, if an event comes up and it's with one of our members, we have a, a very good system of an email push that goes out to all of our 200 plus members in, in our area. So it's a very nice direct approach to, um, to the businesses, their families, and, and that sort of thing. We also, of course, employ social media, every platform that we can get onto. It, and, um, you know, we utilize our local media, the radio station as well, where it's appropriate. So every possible way we can get the message out there. 
we do that. And we do that for our members. We oftentimes do it for community groups that are not members, but it's still a benefit to our community. It will be a benefit to our membership. So we will do that for them on, on our behalf. We, we do it for them. Brent, there's a lot of people that focus on our show here, Local Edge, from large markets, let's say Toronto, Vancouver, that are are perhaps advertisers thinking about where would I want to spread my advertising dollars. What message do you have for them watching about local news, supporting local communities, not just Humboldt, but anywhere across the country? You know, these are very loyal people. Um, Any small community is very loyal. When the newspaper fell here, um, it, it wasn't... Our, it wasn't a business entity that fell. It was our newspaper. Uh, that was the phrase that was out there quite often. So I think if you're sitting in Vancouver or Toronto and you're you're buying stuff and you want to approach these people, these are very loyal people who will welcome you in. And so I think that it, it's also very cost effective. Um, you know, it's a 35, 36,000 population in here. It doesn't take a lot of penetration into that marketplace to hit them all or hit a very good portion of it. And, and, you know, I would challenge that it would be a lot more cost effective to get to these folks than it would be in, say, a Toronto or Vancouver. And there must be a lot of trust, too, within the local community for yeah. the specifically, of course, we're talking about the radio station there, um, as opposed to perhaps some people that may not fully trust what they see online. It's 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 life critical to the success of those marketing pushes is the credibility of the message and the deliverer. Um, you know, it, it's people are so jaded by what they see. They're so jaded by uh, the information that's given to them as their only source of information. Um, it it really does augment the the swipe, and and people will will just pass by stuff that you know. It, may not be exactly accurate. So I, I really think that that when they, um, you know, with our local newspaper, with our local radio station, um, you know, there's a there was a high degree of trust and there is a high degree of trust that the message is authentic and, and this is where you, you know, you should pay attention to. Brent, thank you very much for your insight into Humboldt for us and all of our, our viewers, listeners here today. You'll be very welcome. Thank you. That is Brent Fitzpatrick. He is the executive director of the Humboldt Chamber of Commerce. Vehicle repairs are a fact of life for any car owner. Maintenance and vehicle repairs take an annual $300 chunk out of every household budget in both urban and rural Saskatchewan. For more data like this and to get a better understanding of connecting with local markets, check out adcanadamedia.ca. That's a wrap for this episode. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us here on The Local Edge. Again, I am your host, Shauna Randolph. For additional information and extended interviews, be sure to subscribe to The Local Edge podcast. You can find it on any of the major platforms like Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever works for you. Please join us again for more on The Local Edge. We will see you next time. This series is proudly produced by the team at Road 55. Road 55 creates content that connects. For more information, check our website, www.road55.ca.